to this podcast with Nevin, Thomas and myself, Nevin is kind of to allow me to come on the show again and it's one that I suppose um, last night after the result, I can't say I was looking forward to it but I suppose I have to um, uh, do it, I was on the verge of cancelling it and I thought let's let the dust settle but um, I've not got one but I've got two very happy people with me because Vimal has kindly, well, I'm not surprised he's joining the show today, but no, seriously, I'm really happy that he's here again. Uh, Nevin, have you had any sleep is my first question to you. Well, I slept peacefully. I think that's the, that's the right answer. What time did you get to bed? Around five in the morning. Goodness uh, me. Strangely enough, they cut off the coverage by around like three, three, ten. Good. Uh, so we didn't like get to, you know, just see all the celebration. But then I jumped into social media because all these parents were going live or you know, putting out videos. And Chelsea, the channel Chelsea itself was putting a lot of videos. So I was just going through. I was watching a lot of 2012 reactions and, um, you know, a lot of catching up because I was actually had a very busy week. So I couldn't see a lot of these build up videos with all these Brock Bar speaking and Ashley Cole speaking. All those, I, I missed out on all those. So you I didn't miss much. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, uh, of course, for a Leicester fan, um, you know, these are uncharted territories. But, well, uh, well, you say that. I'm not going to talk about the FA Cup because we did that last week. But, uh, you know, uh, last time we played you, I think we did beat you. So, um, in no, I better not. In, no, in a cup yeah, final, you beat us in the league. But let's correct myself. Another person who is a bit weary this morning, obviously, is Vimal. Uh, he's much closer to me than uh, Rasan is in terms of uh, distance. Vimal, how is your... How was your night? And more importantly, how's your morning this so far recovering? Well, I, I went to bed like at 6 a.m. and I've got like four or five hours of sleep and my head is banging. <laughs> so, yeah, I, to, to be fair to both of you, I don't blame you. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, what a performance yesterday by your boys, uh, Nevin. Um, helped a little bit, not a little bit, quite a bit by Pep's team selection and his formation and uh, took everybody by surprise he was you know um and we'll talk about the selection in a bit but we have to talk about your boys and Tuchel and the formation he put which is tried and trusted uh but it worked to a t when you think about you know Maris didn't get a shout kdb i mean obviously he went out with injury but you know he was hardly mentioned um raheem sterling I don't think I heard his name too often. And the fact that Man City, a club like Man City, with the attacking options they have, only had one shot on target. Nevin, it was a crucial yeah. masterclass. Absolutely. I think uh, masterclass in also terms of preparation, I felt. I, 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 kind of, I don't know if I told this women, but I always like it when we have the underdog tag. And... Uh, Tuchel uh, sort of used it really well. He, he was, you know, playing along, you know, we have Manchester City at the benchmark and he really was motivating. You could understand that this was a ploy to get the team fully ready for this uh, match. I don't know any Chelsea player who, you know, made errors. I know Werner missed a couple of chances, but I think all in all, it was a sort of an error-free performance at that stage. It requires the perfect management, the perfect game strategy. And a bunch of players who were motivated. So, it really worked. I think, uh, like you highlighted, it's partly Pep's fault. Um, there was a case of too many cooks, uh, too many chefs spoiling the soup. You know, it was just, uh, uh, what, we had K- KDP, Foden, 
Gondogan and Bernardo Silva occupying central midfield. And it almost felt like, you know, they were just, you know, crossing each other's paths. They didn't know what runs to make, who was supposed to make the, those runs. And uh, in, a, in a normal team, one of these players would play. play mostly, or maybe two. That's, uh, that's how a normal football team would come from. So you can't have these many talented uh, central midfielders because I know Bernardo Silva can play in the wings, but there's Mares there and there's Sterling on the other side. So, so they're all occupying a very central position. And uh, um, I think this is a common interest for both clubs here. But like Angolo Kande, uh, I mean, what a player. Like, flawless. We still love him. Yeah, yeah. Flawless to the extent that he, had the, he won the most aerial duels last night. So, he was the shortest player on the pitch. So, he produced what I think is one of those master classes. I know it won't be remembered like Messi scoring a, you know, hat-trick in a El Clasico, but this is, this is, this is top tier performance. So, I think a lot of things work in favour of Chelsea. Um, uh, but like, yeah, um, I, I thought Chelsea were clever the moment they realised that uh, Guardiola is set up this way. They ensured the lines are closer. So, the offense. Offensive players were playing close to the you know half touch uh, uh, the center line, and the defenders were pushing up. So basically, Manchester City had like one fourth of a playing field to play their football, and uh, that was very clever from uh, Chelsea. Uh, but yeah, I think at, at this moment, I just want to like just be happy and just <laughs> I'm just like I woke up in the morning and suddenly like a changed person. You know, there's optimism. I remember I was thinking I should talk to my team and then you know. We have to work like a football team, and just, uh, so so much, so many things going on in my mind right now. God, football had such a big impact on you this morning. That's good to hear, Vimo. What sort of impact did you have, and what did you make of the game? Uh, well, uh, as, as Nevin said, for me, like you know, if my team, my week depends upon the weekend fixture. If my team loses, then it's going to be a bad week. So that that has been, you know, that's off the list. So. Uh, it's going to be a good couple of weeks now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was the first time I actually saw a match in an English pub. And it was nice to see with a couple of Chelsea fans, some of them really old, some of them who's like who's been a fan since the 1970s. There were Chelsea fans in Loughborough? Yes, yes. Right, I'm noting that. <laughs> yes, and uh, uh, there were a couple of Leicester fans who were, you know, not happy about it as well because, <laughs> you know, it's the local territory, so... <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun worth watching it. And and like Nevin said, I, I think we completely dominated the game. Yeah. yeah. Like, and that was quite shocking because I think and, and it's it's with Pepin is overthinking when it comes to crucial matches of late. I think he's not getting some things right. So we you know I was not really happy that you know like Havertz started to be honest, but then he made the difference. He had so. one of his better games. Yes. Yes. All all credit to him. And uh, with the same case, like uh, they had like two number nines, and they did not, you know, start them. Like two proper goal scorers. I don't know what's what's that logic. I mean, it, it, it's 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 not something that I would accept. You know, if there's a striker who's like well known for scoring goals, you play him in a final. It's as simple as that. Yeah, it, it was. It, it, sorry, no. just uh, yeah, just with the false nine. But I have no problems with the team playing false nine. If they know what to do with it, you know, I, I I was also seeing a lot of commentators say false nine, false nine. A false nine is called a false nine because that person tends to occupy nine space, right? Right now, it was just a lot of central midfielders, uh, you know, uh, they, they were not enough runs 
you could see the moment the the likes of Kevin De Bruyne or Foden made runs, they were a, they were a very uh, you know strong team, but they weren't doing that enough. Partly due to Chelsea really you know defending well, but yeah, I mean it was just, it was bizarre. I, like, I, I cannot. So I want to sympathize with Pep in some sense because uh, the two times that Chelsea did play uh, City before this. Uh, I thought both Fernandino and Rodri struggled, especially with the likes of Mount, you know, really getting the best best out of them. But Rodri isn't standard enough for, I think, uh, Pep Guardiola's side. And uh, Fernandino is clearly aging, so he doesn't have the same pace. Uh, so that is probably why, but again, why would you risk, I mean, you know, playing, uh, asking the likes of, uh, you know, Gundogan to do that job for you because it's not really working out. Yeah, it's it's a formation he's never played, and he leaves it yeah. to the Champions League final to bring this formation and this team. It's, and what is a formation? What is a formation? Well, if you look at it on paper, it's meant to be four three three, but um, I, I don't I know. I think what it's it was. four five. Four five. Four five, and uh, the five well, they play whatever they want to. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I just want to finish. Well, I probably won't finish with you two on the show, but with Chelsea, Vimo. <laughs> And when you look at all the players, nobody had a bad game apart, well, apart from Kimo, and we'll talk about him in a bit because you should have been 2 0 up after about 20 minutes or something. But when you look at Cesar, Reese James, you go down the list uh, Rudiger, uh, Mason Mount, um, all they, they had the, all eights and nines in terms of performance. They really showed up when it needed to. Yes, yes, especially I, I've got to say about uh, Mason Mount because oh, last week we spoke about, you know, him having an off final, like not, a not so good final against Leicester. But, you know, and, and I was just saying that he was young and, you know, he's got so much time. And that's this is something that, you know, he showed yesterday against against uh, a great team, if I can say that. And uh, th- that's 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 just the kind of feeling that you want, you know, like you want your own players from your own academy to come up and, you know, do that at the biggest stage. And well, like you said, I can go on. I can keep talking about this all day, but uh, you get the point. Like it, 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 it was like maybe, uh, as you said, like Timo Werner did not have a great game, but doesn't matter right now. Doesn't matter. It doesn't we won it. In, in, in the final you got those two opportunities. He, to be fair, he should have scored both of them. Yes, yes, he should have. But you know, if if we wouldn't have won it, then then that would have been one of the main talking points. You know, after spending fifty million. But that that's 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 a big if. It's not it's not valid anymore. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what he does next season. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the the pressure will be on on him. Uh, but in terms of. Um, uh, I mean, both of you, and it's sort of it's recorded, so there's no denying it. You are both going in it very pessimistic in terms of your expectations and your chances of winning. So uh, maybe knowing for the future, you'll have a bit more confidence in your team. Um, yeah, I think we will all be nervous when it comes to final. I don't think we can all go out and uh, predict it. But in a space that I was part of on Twitter, I did. I was a brave one. I said of Chelsea victory, and I was the only one who predicted Chelsea victory. So, uh, at some place, I think the fan kicks in. At some place, the journalist kicks in. It's a it's a mixed emotion to be, you know, being a football journalist and being a fan. So, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, hopefully, I, I think they will look at uh, the striking position for sure. 
Uh, I do think Werner needs another striker. I don't think he's best with just you know him leading the line. Either Havertz can be that guy who you know forms a good partnership with him. Though I think somebody like a Harry Kane or a Lukaku or you know those kind of players can really unleash Werner's potential. And I think Bharat, uh, the fact that Chelsea fans are in critical of Werner lies the fact that he runs. He runs. He gets soft. into the positions. Yeah. He keeps running, and his attitude has never been off. You can see him in the you know post-match you know presentations, whatever. He's he's just very happy and he's motivated. He really wants to play for Chelsea. So I think that's all you can ask from a player. Uh, and form is temporary, and he's shown in the Bundesliga that he can score. So I'm sure if say the manager continues and the system continues, he will find a way to score. Um, I also they, just they, want to add to the fact that uh, Werner has, uh, I think, a double digits in assists and goals this season. It this being an off season for him, it's probably because of the ridiculously high standard that he set for himself with Leipzig. That you know, fans are looking forward to you know him, you know, making the same kind of impact in the Premier League, and it's not easy. So uh, and just adding to this point there. Uh, I think uh, it's because he creates so many chances that we are, you know, looking at the misses. A lot of strikers won't have the pace to reach that place in the first place. So, depend, I mean, he does miss yeah. a lot. Yeah, he does. He does. I, I'm not. I'm not denying that because you know I was thinking had it been Rockbar, those are two goals. Uh, there is no denying a big match. You you want the likes of Rockbar and you know those real leaders out there. But I'm still thinking that he's he's. I don't know if you look at it from a statistical statistical point of view. I'm sure he he gets in the positions far better than a lot of strikers uh, because of his pace. Now he, he getting into the position means nothing. You still have to score, and with the potential, I think he should be scoring double uh, of what he is doing right now at least. But at least he's getting there. Hopefully he'll start scoring as well. Uh, question for you, Demol. Uh, this. Win last night was it more sweeter than the previous one? In was it 2012? Um, no, no, I can't say that. Uh, both were special in its own ways. One thing that I can say is when we won it in 2012, I was just starting college, and here I am in university again. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I hope you keep, you know, I'm gonna keep studying, you know, <laughs> that, that, that's what I understood. <laughs> That's a so, win-win for you and Chelsea if you keep on yes, studying yes, they win. Yes. Uh, um, the thing is, uh, the difference, if I can say, is uh, when we won it in 2012, I have been seeing that crop of players for so many years. But the, the, and they, they ha actually had to go through a lot of struggle. I mean, uh, we had the 2008 Moscow final and everything. In that regard, maybe some of the kids who played yesterday are a little lucky because, I mean, not lucky, they got there sooner than the other people, you know, than the likes of Drogba and Lampard and Terry. So I hope that gives them confidence to win more and, like, you know, just keep well, going. I hope that's the case. And, but, and, yeah, and that's that's the difference, I would say. In, in terms of um, keep going and winning more, Nevin, um, I personally think you can challenge Man City for the Premier League next season. Bharat, if you remember right, I said we should be challenging this season with the squad that we have. We are Vimal's manager then, though. Yeah, with Vimal's manager though. But uh, <laughs> I thought there was uh, enough potential there. Chelsea clearly fancied it, which is why they spent that much money in the summer. 
they really thought the squad was good enough they i mean i also credit like frank lampard was persistent on declan rice guess who showed up it's engolo kante you know and a lot of people thought you know this guy was you know finished and you know he was past it so i sort of think the team knew the management knew the kind of squad they had at their disposal and uh, uh, you know uh, i i don't want to like take this opportunity to say lampard is bad or something he's a legend and he's the reason why chelsea are what they are today but um, uh, i think uh, if if we have a uh, if we keep hold of our manager for the couple of seasons i think we will be uh, a dominant force because he's shown that tactical uh superiority which lampard had lacked in big matches because i remember playing against city and all we would just sort of park the bus hit the ball it was no sort of a uh, you know it was clearly telling that city you are the favorites you can come try scoring goals against we will try to win those but you know uh, tuchel has sort of uh, you know worked his way out of it and uh, i think if they can keep the players and if they can keep the manager i think this is uh, this is something positive for chelsea Well, Vimo, last time you won the cup, um, you know what happened to the manager. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think the same will happen. But um, give me your thoughts on that. And also, are you now sort of accepting the fact that Lampard wasn't up to the mark? Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. With uh, in terms of the manager, you can never say never. You know, with Chelsea, because. If 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 he doesn't deliver next season, for all you know. Oh, you think he'll be there because uh, your last manager who got you the Champions League trophy didn't even start the following season, did he? Yeah. Ah, uh, no, he was there for a bit. He started. Then, started. Yes, he started. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> that's that's the thing. Like, uh, if if he if we actually genuinely challenging for the Premier League title, say by December, then he's gonna stay. Otherwise, you never know. There might be a change, and. Uh, like i said uh, i i am not denying the fact that lampard way you know came into chelsea too soon in his managerial career but i still believe that he actually laid the foundation so that we, we could play in the champions league this season and he played with a bunch of kids and finished top 4 which has to be credited you know and it's not like a random league it's the premier league that is not something easy to achieve and compared to the resources that he had with him I think you should give him credit for that, and that is all that I'm saying. And I, I still believe that you know he 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 could be our manager still, and you know we can we can we can have some patience and wait it out. I I I still believe in that philosophy. You choose patience over winning Champions League. <laughs> no, I mean you you get what I'm saying. You know I, I like the emotional part of it as well. I, I kind of I kind of feel like Lampard will come back. Well, I, I hope so. You you say that both of you say that, but there's a lot of big jobs available at the moment, and I don't see his name being mentioned. No, so, so uh, I mean I don't say that. I think he's a bad manager. Bimal says that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he still has to you know work. I think probably championship again or something like that. He has to work, you know, earn his grades a little, figure out like what Steven Gerrard is doing. I think he's uh, he. I mean he went to the right league, got the right opportunity, and it went a good team. So maybe maybe a process like that, but from what I know about Frank Lampard, from I read a couple of athletic articles. I was just you know so obsessed last night. I was just reading, reading, reading. So uh, you know there was also uh, that he he's always had that you know silver spoon in some sense. You know the right person, the right contacts. He always got the right team, the right manager position. So uh, whether Lampard will be willing to go and go, go through that struggle, even with Derby. Uh, it was strange that he was appointed. A lot of people didn't think he was, you know, the right candidate at Derby as well. So 
uh, whether Lampard would be willing to go, you know, push, you know, you know, work in a difficult environment and earn his place, that is a challenge. But uh, as a player, I always thought Lampard would be a great coach because his understanding of the game is what made him. He was not a phenomenally talented player. He just read the game so well. He timed his runs so well. He knew how to use his body well. So I always thought he'd be a great manager. So I'm just waiting for that to, you know, somehow materialize. And maybe in another 10 years, we will be winning a Champions League with Frank Lampard as a coach. That'd be great because I'm a big fan. Like I've, I've modeled my, you know, playing days around Frank Lampard. That's who we always wanted to be. So I would definitely want him back, but not right now. I don't think he's ready right now. Yeah, and it's one of the uh, challenges young managers face that if they go to their you know, former club where they were a legend and don't have the success as a manager, where do you go from here? And that's going to be a question for Frank because um, if he starts in the championship, that is a very, very tough league with not a lot of money. So big challenges for Frank uh, in terms of his next move. But um, Vimal, in terms of your experience last night in the pub, um, you have to share that with us. Um, how was the atmosphere? By the way, which pub? Let's give them a bit of a plug if I know the pub. Uh, it's called Love Pro Arms. It's it's a very small pub, but then, you know, it, it was a good crowd. Uh, well, and I got warned uh, that I will be kicked out twice. So I'm, I'm going to say it was a great experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I couldn't keep myself, you know, calm. And I, I honestly don't regret my behavior as well. Come on, you don't get to see your team play. Chelsea fans cause in trouble wherever they go. <laughs> but, you know, that, that was not the kind of trouble that I got into. You know, I was very decent. I was just cheering for my team, being a little loud, probably. <laughs> so it, it was great. It was it was. Some, it's something. It's something that I'm gonna cherish for a long time. So, that, uh, when 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 Pulisic missed that chance, I was <laughs> I was like, oh my god! I think I woke everyone up. There's a there's a flat next to my house, and I think I woke everyone up. I saw a couple of lights go up. <laughs> so I thought it was going to be a goal, and it was a brilliant move by Havertz actually. Yeah, and he yeah. Up, uh, he set up Pulisic, and I was like, that's it. We won the Champions League, and then oh no. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like in one second, so many emotions going through you. <laughs> and Vimal, just to give you a bit of a heads up, you probably already got it. Make sure you've got an England shirt for the Euros. The atmosphere in the pubs and um, fan yes. parks will be incredible. So, my friend, you've got that to look forward to in a couple of weeks. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> you must have seen the pictures uh, from the Russia World Cup, so it'll be similar to that. And as you can see from today... Hey, guys, just letting you know that our lockdown has been extended till June 10th. Just, you know, <laughs> we need to live stream uh, when we're at the pub then uh, just to uh, share uh, with uh, Nevin uh, what it's like. I, I shall share cooked meal videos, guys. <laughs> no, you will shall be, be jealous. Uh, and uh, just to make it even worse, Nevin, it's a beautiful day. I think our summer might have started today. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the same in Loughborough, uh, Vimal. So you're looking, it's, it's a perfect morning for you. Great evening. Yes. Great uh, morning, beautiful morning, so perfect. Um, Nevin, I have to come to you and say, um, I think Pep's reputation might have taken a bit of, not a bit, quite a big dent after last night. Um, he comes with, you know, we know what he's done in the past and he's won three Premier Leagues in four years or something like that. But um, yesterday he got it so badly wrong. How can a manager of his calibre get it so badly wrong? 
I, I often use this as an example when, when I talk about a lot of these, uh, uh, you know, athletes, artists and all that, uh, you know, perfection can become an obsession for a lot of people. And I don't know how many of you follow, say, cinema, for example. Uh, you look at uh, uh, an artist, uh, a director like Munkar Wai, his initial films are brilliant. And then towards, you know, if you look at his films in the last decade, you realize that he's become so obsessed with the idea of filmmaking itself that he's sort of forgotten that you have to tell a story and there's an audience. And I, I feel that is what is happening with Pep, that he's become uh, his own worst enemy in terms of overcomplicating stuff. He's just, you know, uh, you know, making passes, you know, trying to, for him, that formation and uh, how football is played is this constant thrill. That he sometimes forgets that you know you have to win a match, and sometimes you have to keep it simple, and sometimes players can't comprehend what he's thinking in his mind. In on paper, I think what he wanted to do yesterday was brilliant. You could see the movement, you could see the moment of Foden or somebody moved uh, inwards. There were a couple of centre midfielders going back. It was a great, like I mean, I wish I could get like a drone video or something, uh, a sort of a, a top top view to see the movement of these players, and I think it would be fascinating. But that's, that's not good enough to win a match. That's not good enough to... Uh, that, you shouldn't be trying this out on a Champions League final. But Pep became like, you know, his own biggest enemy. Pep thought, you know, he can do it and his players will be able to, you know, comprehend. Uh, personal example, I worked with a football club in India. And I, I've seen this myself. Where like on the previous night, uh, match day minus one, we going through like four hours of extensive preparation about the opposition. Um, a person like me, who wasn't, or wasn't a player and I was just uh, part of the video team, I would sit there and learn this, like, obsessively. I'm like, wow, what is the preparation? This is what the player is going to be. And there is enough material where they, you know, uh, say the goal, opposite goalkeeper will always kick with his left foot towards this area. So this is what you should, that's like four hours of extensive uh, video and all. But I also know that none of the players listen. Players can't take that much like overnight, or they they that's you need to train them. It, it's it's a process, right? You can't. The the manager understands that, the owner understands that. People like me who can't play but can only you know learn these things, I understand that. But the players don't, and the players are disappointed that four hours they have to stand you know sit in front of a screen. So I think this is all that you know. Sometimes you have to understand players want to just play football, and maybe don't overcomplicate stuff. Mm -hmm. I still. I still have the greatest uh, regard for uh, Pep Guardiola. I know a lot of people call him a fraud, he buys success and all that. I think he's a brilliant, brilliant mind. Unfortunately, that brilliant mind is perhaps forgotten that winning is what makes football and not just, you know, it's not just the beautiful game. You have to win the football match as well. I think uh, uh, he lost it in the final that way. Vimo, do you think this will be his legacy in terms of if he doesn't win the Champions League, he, this is what he'll be remembered for rather than the leagues that he's won? Because it's been, what, 10 years since he won the Champions League and that was with a very special team. Um, because of what happened last night and how badly he got it wrong, it, this is what people will remember. Because let's face it, it's not easy to get into the Champions League final. They'll have to have another incredible season next year uh, in Europe. Um, what are your thoughts on Pep's legacy? Um, uh, frankly, I, I believe that uh, European football has a soft corner for Pep. You know, people speak about him as the greatest manager ever, perhaps, or arguably the greatest manager ever. So I don't think this this will be 
what I mean, uh, people won't remember this part. I mean, they, they will bring it up, of course, in conversations. But I believe that uh, the fact that he achieved, uh, uh, is it a sex double, what do you call that, <laughs> with Barcelona? Yeah, yeah. And, but that know, was a I special mean, team since then. Yes. yes. So that that is something that is, that, well, that, that team was something else. I mean, to watch, to watch them was... It was scary, you know, like you knew before the game that, okay, it's pointless, you know, going into that. So I don't think he will be remembered for this or yesterday's display. But if he keeps doing this, he's, he's basically digging his own grave, you know. He's, he's already had a, created a good reputation and I think he should maybe stick to the basics sometimes and, you know, try to maintain that rather than overcomplicating it. He That's is a very point. intense person. I, I know he's not going to have a good summer holiday because he'll be thinking about this. He's that type of person, isn't he? I'm not sure if he switches off. Uh, he's got that off button uh, to go away from football. I think mm -hmm. it's 24-7 with him. So we'll see how he comes back and how much money he'll spend in the summer because uh, he's already been linked <laughs> with some big names. Uh, but yeah, interesting <laughs> summer. If I but, just add something uh, to both of your points, I think uh, it was I think, a, a column by Philip Lam uh, on The Guardian that I read uh, yesterday, um, in which he talks about uh, um, you know the three managers in the recent times of really you know, change football, and he talks about Sachi, uh, the Milan legend in the late 80s, um, and uh, Mourinho and Pep. And how, you know, in some sense, the final will be a clash of all these ideologies mixed together. And uh, I, I think when you talk about uh, Sachi or any of those, you know, great tacticians, even Bielsa, for example, they don't they don't win so much. I know that AC Milan uh, team went on to win a final 4-0 and a semi-final 5-0 or something. That was one of the most, you know, revolutionary AC Milan teams. But what, I think Sachi lasted, what, three years, four years? Um, you know, you, you can talk about Klopp, we'll, we'll see how long Klopp will last. So for, I think why Pep Guardiola is rated so great is that he's been doing it for more than a decade. And that is a very long time for a manager to be successful. I think that's, I think we need to consider the longevity. You see Mourinho also struggling. He isn't the Mourinho from the, the previous decade, right? He's, he's no longer the same manager, no longer has the same impact uh, in terms of tactics. So for Guardiola to do this for such a long time, I think that makes him a, a, a great in, in so many ways. And I think he's also shown some adaptability. I thought uh, City realized that, you know, they're vulnerable in the defense and they went defense heavy when KDB wasn't playing. You remember that Gundogan days when he was just mm. scoring lots of fun. Uh, that was the time when City was so, I mean, when you if you're all playing SPL, we would want to fill our defense with City guys because they weren't conceding at all. Uh, so, I think Pep did show, uh, you know, here and there his, uh, you know, adaptability and he sort of, you know, going away from his obsession for this pure football, which is attack-based. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I don't think he's past it, but maybe uh, maybe a new challenge would be good for all parties involved. I think City's also given him enough time and uh, I don't know why they should persist with Guardiola. I think it's best that, you know, they, they part with this. And also, uh, I think City will win the Champions League in the next two, three years. I don't think they, they, they are, you know, in mad pursuit. Uh, this team sort of reminds me, I mean, nothing reminds me of the great Chelsea sides of 2008 and all that. But, you know, we kept knocking, knocking, knocking and finally, the, you know, the door opened in 2012. And in that year, like Wimmel says, nobody expected Chelsea to win the Champions no, League that year. No. Uh, 
so I think City will win eventually, and uh, I think this is a learning lesson. Then you know, losing a final is part of winning a final as well. So uh, I think they'll be there in the next uh, few years. May not be with Guardiola. Well, if Pep's not there, I want to see who's going to take him to the Champions League final. That'll be uh, uh, a big call on them as well, uh, because that's what he was brought in for, not to win the Premier League, but to win the Champions League. I wasn't going to ask this question, but it's something you just said, Bimal, um, in terms of um, the greatest manager. Do you think he was greater than uh, Sir Alex? Or is uh, I, greater than Alex, Sir Alex? I don't think he is greater than Sir Alex, because... Like like Nevin said, even even Sir Alex had a had a long career. You know, he he made Manchester United win the league with. I'm not going to mention the names of the players, but some of the players were really really basic in 2012. <laughs> I mean, other than the fact that he had a Robin Van Persie, uh, I mean, what a signing that was. But yeah. other than that, the others on the team were not probably a Premier League winning team or like a player. I would say, like. For example, Phil Jones, come on. That is, that is, you gotta give a lot of credit to that, that man for that. Yeah, that, like and all that yes, <laughs> I mean, that, that is something genius. You know, I don't think a Pep Guardiola can go to a team like that and make them win the league. He needs his kind of players. He, he needs, needs money. players that play uh, for a certain level and, and, you know, according to a certain tactics. But with Sir Alex, it's not just about the tactics, it's about the man management, you know. It's about how you motivate the person inside the dressing room to go for the kill, you know. That's 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 something that cannot be taken away from him. I mean, as much as I hate seeing the old man on the dugout, <laughs> he, he is great. He is really great. <laughs> yeah, I mean... So, I, I, if I may just add, I think it is a question of how they look at managers, right? So... For them, what they do to football and how they change football, maybe Sir Alex didn't do so much in terms of tactics. He didn't you know, come out with anything new. Uh, I think Sir Alex was the greatest man motivator out there. You know, he could get the he could get everybody performing at 150 percent. And so I think there are two classifications to managers: one that you know really are you know great with players and they get the best out of it. The other are these obsessively, you know, they're obsessed about formation, exploiting space, what to do off the ball, things like that. It, it's it's just like Bielsa, right? Like I when a lot of people say, you know, Bielsa is great, Bielsa is wonderful. He hasn't won a lot. And a lot of big teams don't trust him with the projects. It's because he's he will forget the project of winning the title in his obsession for the pure football. I think uh, I think Guardiola is that kind, but he tried to do it at a mainstream level. And that is why there is this conflict and that's why the one day you think he's the greatest and the next day you think he no, he's not anywhere close to a Sir Alex or an Asim Menger even. So, I think Pep Guardiola put himself in this mess, you know, but uh, I would definitely love for him to go to a smaller side and see what he can do. Go to Sevilla maybe and, you know, try to, I, I think every football lover would want to see that because that would, you know, debunk the theory for, for sure. You know, can he do it at a, extremely difficult space but like a, a mid-table side with enough resources and good scouting and all that would yeah. be, that, would be that is the, the um, thing that's always held against him because um, I think even I could have won a trophy or two with that Barcelona team um, and I'm not exaggerating you know they, they were a very very special team and then when he went to Bayern you know they wrap up the league but when you compare it to Klopp 
with Dortmund, Tuchel, also with Dortmund. They've done it with the, the second team or third teams in their leagues and um, risen to the top, which is not the same with Pep. So that is something that's going to be held against him. Um, and, uh, you know, his legacy will be challenged in that way. Uh, but that's enough of this Champions League. I mean, it is what it is. Chelsea have won. All right. Um, let's uh, move on. Um, but in terms of um, the final, was it a classic or because you you both were invested in it, it was a classic? Plus, uh, classic. Evan. I I thought I thought it was a classic because it was intense throughout the match. It was not like a very really one-sided affair. It was not decided on someone's mistake. Uh, I thought uh, the, the title was decided on merit. So I I like I don't want you know finals to be like six-three or I, it's just. No, I like one-nil finals. Yeah, I like one-nil finals. So uh, it was intense and uh, uh, and I think. Chelsea did deserve it. It was not a fluke. Yeah, result. yeah, I can't deny that. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, I have to, uh, no arguments there. Chelsea no. did deserve it. <laughs> yes, I mean, like, like he's like Kevin said, it it was end to end stuff yesterday. So I think that's that's the best kind of match you can watch. You know, both teams trying to win. That that was definitely the case yesterday. Maybe one team did it better. Of course, one team did it better. <laughs> yeah, but, no, yeah. <laughs> I think the main thing is what you want is. Um, the team that wins it deserved to win it, and I think that was the case yesterday, um, easily. And like I said, if Timo had his, um, you know, uh, angles right, he would have won that very comfortably, and that would not have been a flattering score. I think even if you won two, three nil, it would have been a fair reflection of uh, the game. So, no, congratulations to both of you. Um, you know, I, I was thinking of you last night, believe it or not, in the football sense. Um, and um, <laughs> I was happy for you genuinely uh, because I know you were happy for me when Leicester won the FA Cup. So um, absolute, um, uh, you know, thrill for you guys. I'm glad you won it. <laughs> um, and before we talk about the Croatian pep that we've got leading our national team, or should we say Croatian Tuchel that's leading our national team? No, I just, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I want to, uh, I want to uh, uh, just uh, come to you, uh, Vimal, in terms of uh, living in England and the beautiful town of Loughborough. Um, how's it been? I mean, you just shared before we came on here that you've been here since September, which I'm going to talk to you off air about because I'm not happy about that. But um, how's um, the transition been? And um, you know, obviously, it's a big change from back home. Um, how do you look back on your last six, seven months here in the UK? Uh, I'm going to give it a 50-50 because I've had some really good times and I've had some very uh, weird, not so great times as well, uh, mainly because of the lockdown, because, you know, when you come to a new country, you want to go out and explore the culture and everything, which I haven't been able to do of late or until now, basically. And uh, I've actually been on the receiving end of some uh, racial abuse, which was really interesting because really? this was the first time. Yes, yes. So that was really interesting. And uh, that's when, uh, you know, when people talk about uh, racism in football, you, you always feel a little weird to comment because you don't know what exactly it is. But when somebody actually tells you something, you know, like in a very abusive way, you actually feel bad. And, you know, you, you are helpless because as a brown man, you don't go against the white guy. I mean, we all know how that's going to end. So that that was a very interesting uh, experience that I had. But uh, I didn't obviously react to it because I felt it's only going to make the situation worse. 
or at least I'm not gonna, you know, indulge in a fist fight. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, there's lots of, lots of uh, you know, expectations on me and a lot hanging over my head. So I can't afford to do that. But otherwise, uh, I've met some brilliant people as well uh, in, in terms of football and in terms of genuinely good people. I've been able to meet some really, really good people, which uh, and from different countries, you know, and I've, I've been able to learn a little bit about some countries, you know, living with them, eating their food, you know, celebrating their festivals. So that that in that aspect, it has been really good as well. And in, uh, I'm going to come back to that because that personally, that is very shocking to me. What you've just shared with us. Um, yeah, I'm trying to still take that in. Uh, I know a lot of very well. I think we must have gone to a football match with wearing Indian jersey. I grew up in Loughborough. Um, I my work brings me to Loughborough or before the lockdown regularly until I changed roles recently. Um, okay, uh, but in terms of um, your experience, because you, you live through a lockdown here, back home and lockdown here, what are the big differences, or were there any differences? I think the population is a big difference because in India, <laughs> there's people everywhere. You know, it is yes, it is difficult to maintain social distancing when there's no space, you know, and that that has been the biggest difference here. And uh, genuinely, when I came here, uh, well, I I think the UK government could have, you know, done a little more to, you know, make sure that their people were safe. And I think Boris Johnson did not do that. I mean, I don't want to get into the politics, but uh, I know a couple of people who came to this country and, you know, were roaming around without doing their quarantine in the, yeah. in the first stage. Yeah. And that is one of the reasons why, you know, they had to introduce all the red list and the hotel quarantine and everything. If they could have done that in the beginning, maybe they could have saved a little more lives. And, you know, that, that, yeah. that is something that I felt like, you know, for, for being a European country, like it, it should be, you know, up to the mark as well. They should take care of their people. At least that's what you know, the Europe has portrayed to the outside world, or that's what we see. But when you come here and see almost the same things happening here, it's, it's always like, you know, the grass is always green on the other side. But when you actually get there, wow. you know it's green, it's green here. <laughs> it's wow. green and beautiful in Kerala. There's no doubt about yeah. it. I can't challenge Physically, that. Physically, at least, yes, in my village, it is green. But, you know, there are other things. You want yeah. to feel about your home. You don't need many reasons. I'm, I'm, I'm so disappointed you face racism and in the short time that you've been here. Um, you know, really, really disappointed. I know it does exist. I'm not saying it doesn't, and I'm not, you know, but um, it's it's not as openly racist as it used to be in the 70s and 80s. And um, um, so, you know, it's then, and, and it's sometimes um, not as blatant it's not as open but you can feel it but uh it's no way in comparison to what it used to be um i generally i'm proud to be uh living here in leicester and uh, england and uh, it's not like you said there's issues in every single country until you but uh, generally i think it's one of the better countries to live in but that might be a biased because I've not lived anywhere else, I suppose, so that comes into it. But, um, yeah, that's uh, really, really disappointing that you faced that in your first six months. And uh, obviously, it's going to cloud. The interesting uh, thing is uh, these incidents happen only uh, on night outs. You know, when you're going for a stroll late in the night after having a couple of drinks is when people get triggered. And yeah, that's but, um, 
<laughs> and and that is why I go out every every Saturday night. I'm not that, but you know, we've been out in groups of all Asians <laughs> and um, not faced it for a long time. I can't remember the last yeah. time we faced it. So, the you know, is, uh, see, the thing is, uh, most of the crowd around me are 18, 19 year olds, uh, you know, privileged white kids coming mm. from a really affluent families. Mm. So, I, was I, it in I town don't... or university uh, campus that you've faced that? Inside the university, so I was just oh, coming back home, uh, you know, to my room rather from from a party, and then uh, like a couple of people tried to taunt me, and you know, I just walked past them silently because even I was under the influence. So you know, getting into any kind of argument yeah, is yeah. not sensible. So well, you know, I'm sorry that happened to you. I genuinely am and disappointed. No, it's fine. I mean, um, I think I I am going to expect a couple of more incidents to happen as long as I'm here. I'm not. <laughs> if, you, if you do, because you know it, it's not so like to say I, I've lived here all my life and uh, it used to be pretty bad, but not anywhere near what it used to be. And uh, I can't remember the last time I faced any uh, blatant open racism. Um, yeah, since the Indian variant came, I remember funnily enough at the FA Cup final, and we all had to have a lateral test before we could go. You had to show that you you were negative. And obviously in the stadium, I was celebrating with a, a young white guy, you know, hugging and after the goal and everything and the final whistle. Then I turned around, just in the moment, there was a oldish guy and I hugged him and uh, and he looked at me and thinking, I says, um, I've been tested, I'm fine. But you can see the thoughts in his head. Uh, an Indian guy hugging me might not be the uh, best thing at the moment in this environment, but uh, no, that's the, probably the closest. But no, um, I, I'm pretty sure uh, things will, not happen again. I'm, I, I better not guarantee because you never know. There's idiots I all over so. the world, <laughs> everywhere. So you can't uh, guarantee anything. But um, I hope uh, most of it's been okay. I know you said 50 50. We're going to keep on talking and I'm going to change that, especially when you come to the beautiful city of Leicester. When you <laughs> come to the magnificent King Power Stadium and uh, you'll be able to change that to 80, 80 20 or 90 10. So and okay. uh, obviously, we'll be sharing the videos from the fan parks with Nevin just to show him um, what it's <laughs> like. Uh, but we'll do that. No, I'm actually planning for a stadium tour of the King Power in the second week of June. Oh, so I will be, yes, we, yes. We, uh, my exams are finished uh, uh, on the first week, so I will. Nevin, please write the story before you do. So. <laughs> I will, Nevin. I will. I was just thinking. <laughs> yes, yes. I will. Yeah, Bharat, I'm making you uh, write a story on how this fellow traveled to UK to see football and couldn't see football. So, well, funnily enough, uh, when um, uh, we're talking on the podcast here, and I've got something else to finish uh, talking about, but um, I said to um, Vimo, he needs to document his experiences, and I think it'll be uh, fascinating for a lot of people. Uh, I'm just speaking to you now, Vimo, you know, what you've shared with me, I found it. You know, disappointing, but is a reflection is what you face. Uh, but I think, uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, don't worry about Nevin's deadlines. Uh, you know, there's priorities. <laughs> it's a beautiful day. There's bars open. Just you know, deadlines are there for a guidance, not for strict. By the way, I, I would like to introduce you to Tello. Tello is on my shoulder right now. Oh, <laughs> beautiful. Yes. Kanizeda. They're very cunning to get into your uh, cabinet drawer, so be careful. Um, I did say that we were going to move on to uh, talking about the uh, Croatian two cell that's managing our national team. Um, and a uh, big uh, week, couple of weeks for him, 
coming up and um you know I, I don't know where i saw it but there was talk that he might leave india after the uh, three or four three games or so i don't know how true that is but um never well, his contract has been extended has it oh well there you go. <laughs> he, he has to get six mm. points out of nine doesn't he the croatian pep is here to stay <laughs> but he has yeah, to yeah. get yeah yeah i think uh, yeah six I Anything less will be, um, you know, really, really. I, I think. With, I mean, yeah. I think with Bangladesh and Afghanistan, uh, India would be expected to perform, but I don't expect six points from uh, three matches. Maybe we we might get uh, a result in Qatar uh, because you know we can park the bus and you know try defending all the time, but. When it comes to actually dominating matches, this Indian football team can't do. And Stimach has not done anything to prove that he's got any plan. Uh, so I'm expecting uh, not so great. And you know, Indian football has also not been playing so much. There's so much confusion happening in the country. Uh, it will be difficult. I think it will be difficult. Stimach also came out uh, the open and criticized the facilities that they received in uh, Qatar. Uh, for the previous match or something there's a lot of uh, you know i think he's already bailing out he's already saying you know we've had difficulties and hence don't have much expectations this that i don't i don't see it as a right attitude and you know what i feel about steam match we we've, we've discussed this so many times in our you know previous episodes so i think we'll ask women what he feels about our international team coach <laughs> Share your thoughts on the great man. Well, you know, it's 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 not easy to come and you know do a good job with the Indian football team. I mean, the most exciting match of late that I remember is, is I think against Thailand in the Asian Cup. I mean, those are the kind of matches you want to watch as a fan. You know, when you're like going. I mean, I remember Ashik. I mean, he was on fire on the wings that day. And I don't think Stimats is, you know, like is trying to bring that kind of football. He's just, you know, like like Nevin said, he's just trying to, you know, just stay as long as it takes, and then you know, silently move out of the back door. And the whole thing with, you know, the numbers and the ranking, I think all that is a bluff. I don't think that really speaks about what this team is and what it is capable of. I think, you think it's higher than that or lower than yeah, that? Yeah, and and sorry, what is? You know, you say uh, the numbers, the rankings don't matter. Uh, the, do you think the team is worse than the rankings or better than the rankings? I think they are worse. I mean, we we've seen them play against. I think who did we lose six nil against? Last, is that last down match? to the players or the coach? Howdy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not just down to the coach. I mean, you, you should have quality players as well. You know, if 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 you get to pick players like you know, I don't know. Okay, I'm not going to name again. So, uh, but I think it's, it's also about the quality of players and. I think of late, uh, since the COVID and everything, the training and the facilities and you know the general mood has been really, really bad. So I think most of these players are also going through a lot of you know personal traumas, and I've heard stories that that is not like you know comforting. So there's a lot of lot of you know uh, factors coming into play here. But as as Nevin said, like even I don't expect uh, you know. Uh, six points from three matches. I mean, Qatar definitely. You know, we're going to park the bus, obviously. And against Bangladesh, I don't know. I think that, I don't know. Anything could happen. Bangladesh and Afghanistan. They, you, you can say that you know, okay, it's it's doable. But I I don't see much happening. 
and uh, you mentioned the um, planning game that was my first ever game that I saw live in the stadium and I could not believe was it 4-1 in the end it was so comfortable mm -hmm. yeah. and I went back to the hotel and there were the Japanese team was in the same hotel and they're saying India will uh, go far in this tournament but then we know what happened but also uh, Nevin rated that manager very highly uh, that took us to that last Asian Cup, so it wasn't the current manager. But that was my first experience of watching the national team live, and what an experience that was winning uh, against Thailand. Um, but there's something I want you to do, Nevin. Um, I think I did give you a bit of a heads up. If I haven't, I apologise. Is um, you know I'm going into this tournament as ever uh, optimistically that we will win two games. Um, if we don't, I want uh, Stimash to go. I think he's had enough time. And we've talked about it a lot of times on this podcast as to, you know, what we should do next, uh, because there are Asian Cup qualifiers coming up in November. Um, if we hopefully finish third or fourth and we make it into the third round of the qualifiers, otherwise we'll have to go into a playoff, which will be embarrassing for a country like ours to be involved in the playoffs to get into the third round. So a lot is riding on these next three games. And um, I don't think even if we park the bus, uh, I don't think we'll hold the Qatars uh, at bay. I mean, they've had really good um, games recently. I think they um, beat Luxembourg, uh, drew against Iceland uh, just very, very recently. So their preparations are at a different level to ours. So I can see them quite easily, you know, whether we park the bus or not, beating us. But then um, Afghanistan had a good away win at Indonesia. So that's not going to be tough. But this is the expectation we should have of our national team, whether we are you know, capable or not that we should win against Afghanistan and we should beat Bangladesh. So we'll see what happens. But something I want you to do, and Vimal, I want you to see if you agree with uh, Nevin, is um, do a bit of a selection of your first 11, Nevin. Now, put a graphic <laughs> up, uh, a, a bit of a graphic up that uh, the viewers will be able to see. Uh, but um, what's your um, formation, ideal formation? I know you've said that before. Yeah, I mean, I, I always think uh, uh, this uh, this Indian team is meant for a three-man back setup because we don't have good enough centre-backs to do like a, a four-man defence. I think it's better to have like three and then like two big backs who can fall in and pick like a, a five, uh, five in the back. Uh, so, uh, in terms of personnel, uh, I mean, I did see the provisional squad, so I don't remember who the exact players were available. But who do we have as centre backs in the first place? We don't have a lot of options. So Sandesh Jingen and uh, I think by virtue of performance, I think Sana Singh from Hatpash should be getting a lot. Uh, Adil Khan has been a little disappointing. So I would be, I'd be a little scared if he's uh, he's chosen to start because I think the few matches that he did start for FC Goa um, uh, in the AFC uh, Champions League, he wasn't really that convincing. So. Uh, Third person for me would be again. I don't have a squad with me, so maybe like a Marinder or any of them, like any any young defender that we have. I would definitely want the fullbacks uh, or wingbacks to be either Praveer or the, the combination of in Hyderabad. So Akash and uh, Akash. So, uh, uh, sorry, just to go back, are you saying you you would play Adil Khan? I don't want other kind to play, but I'm just thinking of the alternative to so Akash Mishra, Rahul Beke, 
against uh, Afghanistan and Bangladesh where like I said we should go after the win I think uh, see my problem is I've been observing Simad since what 2018 2017 uh, 2018 is like uh, or 19 is many joint and um, I've been observing him since the Intercontinental Cup and I don't know what his go to formation is that is a problem i thought on paper he puts out a, a very uh, you know less complicated four to three one but it's really hard to pick we don't know whose favorites are i think constantine even though you accused him of you know having some a bit of favoritism here and there i just we knew what to expect from the squad and what what sort of football they would play or the team had had no opportunities to see the only two matches we've had uh, uh, you know the, the good performances have always been just you know Our backs against the wall and just last it's defending. So, I um again I would like to see the likes of Brandon. I don't know if Brandon is available, but if Brandon is there, Brandon is. like a Brandon and uh, all these uh, other guys also get a shot. Uh, let me just open a tab. Uh, Meanwhile, Imel, if you want to chip in, Imel, have you got any thoughts on what the 11 should be against uh, Afghanistan? uh well i can more or less agree with uh, uh nevin uh, and brandon is available by the way and uh, uh, i'm actually looking forward to see a new face uh, i think his name is glen martin from goa yeah yeah yeah, he, uh, yeah. but he's would not you a defender, against so. uh, of, uh, he's a defensive defender yeah. Yeah, yeah would you play him ahead of uh, rolling uh he can't play both not against afghanistan and bangladesh Well, uh, you can try giving him a chance against one of the teams. I mean, uh, you know, when when people are like you know going to debut, you know, they have a certain you know mentality to prove, and you know that could probably favor India. You know, like you know to cement down his position or like place in the squad. So I I, I don't mind playing the new guy, but no, I I think Borges uh, is undroppable for India squad. So I don't uh, I don't necessarily agree that Borges uh, should be dropped for. Um, for uh, glen but uh, i think the the other side of it is the fact that uh, maybe both can play together because rowland is actually a box to box midfielder he's not your out and out defensive midfielder where glen is that destroyer uh, more like a um, you know what pranay uh, haldar and mehta hussain that kind of a role so i think both can play depending on how you know the indian squad is planning to line up 
because then you will only have the option to fit in another Anirudh Thapa perhaps in that central midfield and you will have to take away one attacking source uh, from your team away if you're going to play both uh, Rowling and uh, Glance. So, like uh, Bharat pointed, maybe it's going to be difficult to fit both in, in matches that you're expected to win. But I think Afghanistan is a good side and we shouldn't think that we can just put out an attacking team like Guardiola and expect to win three. I think... Uh, uh, better to have uh, some sense of solidity. So, if you're playing against, uh, say, uh, say Bangladesh, and you're putting a four-man back, then I think both can play. And especially if you have fullbacks like, you know, uh, Akash, Ashish, and who like to bomb forward, need two of these, uh, you know, defensive midfielders who can cover up for this attacking presence on the wings. So, yeah, it's very difficult to predict, I guess. And um, one for you, Vimal. Um, this formation, by the way, for the viewers is looking very weird, but, but um, we'll, we'll work on this um, um, after the first game, uh, Qatar is over. But um, would you play, um, obviously, uh, Chesley will start, but start him on the wing and put Ishan uh, as the lone striker up front? Mm, I wouldn't because... I don't know. I think it's it's been discussed and it's been done to death. The fact that India doesn't have goal scorers. I mean, the fact that we still have to rely on a 35-year-old is Chetri, 35 or 36? He's 36. Yes, so, 36. I mean, that, is, that is very embarrassing. I mean, uh, I've heard my father talk about the likes of really interesting strikers in the past, you know, for the Indian team. And now we're struggling to find one. Uh, so, I mean, against... Uh, Qatar, maybe, since there is no chance of winning. I mean, I don't want to say no chance of winning. It's just football at the end of the day. So, But no, I think we should definitely... Even the optimist. Remember what, you said. Remember what you said about teams facing that special Barcelona team? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> similar feelings about that game. <laughs> I think it's unfair to compare the Qatar team to no, the No, no, but in the perception anyway, that you go into a game where you the think... opposition is also... Yeah, 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 of course. It's a very superior opponent. But I don't think that, you know, I would... If I was the manager, I wouldn't... I, I would probably play Chetri because at least if he gets a chance, I'm sure that he'll convert it, you know. I like it. Against Qatar, against Qatar, I think I don't want Chetri to start. Sorry? Because... Uh, against Qatar, I don't think I want Chetri to start at all because uh, hmm. this will be a max to the wall against sort of a performance. So, you want, say, somebody like a Manmeer who will, you know, keep running, running, running and, you know, running into those channels and all. And then you have somebody like a Liston or Chante both with, like, amazing pace who can keep on turn. So, against Qatar, I, I would be surprised if Chetri plays, but again, this rematch is just a, you know, he, yeah, I think he goes to Twitter and looks at, you know, who got the more votes and then he decides uh, the lineup. I'm sorry to be saying this, but uh, it has never really made sense in terms of his uh, team selection and all. He just he just makes everybody happy. He experiments every match, so he'll play one team against uh, Bangladesh team. He play another uh, completely different team against Afghanistan. So there's no criticism. He can keep you know giving this excuse of you know he's tinkering and he's still finding out the balance and all that. Well, it's not long to go and, um, you know, it'll be a good build-up to the Euros, watching India play three games. Um, Euros start on week on, a fr on, week on Friday. <laughs> so, this is going to be our build-up watching the national team and uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, if... Is it going to come home? <laughs> no. Are you talking about England or India? <laughs> England, of course. 
I th we'll do we'll do a Euro uh, show next uh, Sunday of um, just to give advance notice and I'll get your predictions and uh, but just to give you my thoughts yes um, but uh, we'll see. Um, it's a good squad. It's a good squad. So I'm, I'm yeah for the manager. Yeah, we'll talk about Euros next week, but uh, we can't uh, let go of our national team. Hopefully, Stimak was watching. I'm pretty sure he was. Yes. He watched the Champions League uh, last night. So we'll see if he does a pep and. Um, <laughs> completely new formation that he's never tried before. He'll try in these crucial games or he'll go... He hasn't got a trusted method. I was going to say he'll do a two-shell and stick with what he knows, but no, he's not got that, as uh, Nevin says. So, I don't know. Interesting time. doesn't even have like a no, trusted level. And I'll tell you what. The problem is we have these occasional national team matches. So, football has happened in between. Now, so much has happened in the season. How can you not pick a, a list in? Or uh, you know the the Hyderabad fullbacks, for example, they they had you know incredible performance. But once you pick, then the team is new. Again, that is an excuse because you know this is, this is a new team, so we couldn't you know do what we were expected to do, and this will just keep going on. Yeah, um, but like I said. I think, uh, well, we'll see what happens and then we'll see what the uh, Federation does. So you're expecting six points. I'm expecting no less. And if he doesn't uh, deliver, we need to make a change before the uh, Asian Cup qualifiers, 100%. And um, do I think what Chelsea did. Just looking at each other, say, say, yeah, you've heard this before. Like, we, I mean, we wish it was that easy in Indian football. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see if Desi Sportscaster. Nevin has a lot of influence, uh, Vimal, by the way. What he says uh, yeah. usually happens. So we'll see if this one goes uh, to the Federation and Mr. Patel is listening and takes a bit of uh, advice. Um, but no, fantastic. Um, obviously, really happy for you guys. Uh, your summer's made already with the result last night. Um, fully deserved. And I'm glad you fully enjoyed it as well. And um, you're recovering today. A beautiful day to recover here in England. And uh, it's always beautiful in Kerala. So that won't be an issue for you, Nevin. Uh, brilliant. Really love talking to both of you guys. Uh, Vimal, I know we're going to meet up soon. So looking forward to that. Uh, Nevin, you stay safe, my friend. And um, yes, hopefully we'll catch up um, again next week. Thank you. Yes. Bye-bye. Thank you.